Thank you for tuning in to the Behavioral Wealth Consulting Podcast, where our mission is to help you change your behavioral decisions by improving your financial literacy. If you want to live a more fulfilling life and get on track towards your long-term financial goals, it requires changing behaviors, developing a plan, and prioritizing your financial decisions. Now to your host and certified personal finance consultant, Richard Maricut. Hello, and thank you for joining another episode of the Behavioral Wealth Consulting Podcast. My name is Richard Maricut, where my goal is to help you change your behavioral decisions by improving your financial literacy. Uh, for today's topic, uh, we're going to be talking about the 10 differences between being rich and being wealthy, um, as shared by the currentschoolnews.com website. There was an article uh, written about this. Um, so I'm going to go over these 10 items and uh, want to get your thoughts. Um, do you agree, disagree? Um, so before we jump in, um, as a reminder, I am not a financial advisor. Uh, this episode and my series is for educational purposes only. Always consult with your own financial advisor before making any financial decisions. So let's get right into it. Um, so before we get into the the article, let's start with the definition of, of wealth. So wealth is a noun, meaning an abundance of valuable possessions or money. Some synonyms for wealth are assets, capital, fortune, means, substance, and or worth, right? So no, so let's get right into it. Um, so 10 differences between rich and wealthy. You know, sometimes those words are used interchangeably. But, um, you know, as I go through these top 10 items, you'll probably notice if you haven't already that there is a difference, right, between rich and wealthy. Uh, and you may already know some of these. So let's just jump right into it. So the first one is living within one's means. So wealth is, you know, again, simply defined as an accumulation of assets. Um, however, you know, wealthy individuals are those who have little debt, make smart investments and live well within their means. So, you know, it is a possibility for a rich person uh, or a person to be rich, yet uh, try too hard to live above their means and that often results in making little or no investments, and then they um, uh, incur a lot of debt, right? So living within one means is, you know, again, something that the wealthy uh, know how to manage more than, than the rich. Number two is appearances. You know, a, a defining feature of wealthy people is that they have a huge net worth, Right. So oftentimes people may not recognize um, these individuals as wealthy, uh, owning to the fact that they may not live a flashy lifestyle. Uh, however, their wealth um, is basically, um, you know, not how much people think they are worth, but the accumulation of what they have that is most of the times not visible. You know, oftentimes we see, you know, if you think about just the way that our society is in and probably isn't even any better now with social media, you know, someone can pretend to have things and they really don't. But, 
you know, with all the social media outlets, it's, it's really not hard to fake, right? And unfortunately, appearances of, of being wealthy, appearances of being rich are often what drives people to, in reality, be broke, right? So uh, typically you'll see, uh, you know, people that are wealthy don't appear to be um, uh, wealthy in the way that they present themselves. When in fact, it's the opposite. People that probably are more in debt are trying harder to appear that they have money and they don't. Number three, um, the income detriment. Uh, to be rich, only one only needs to have a high income. Okay, let me say that again. To be rich, one only needs to have an, a high income. Whether or not uh, this will be translated into wealth is entirely up to the individual. This is because high income for most people necessitates high spending, right? And where expenditure evens, uh, evens out income, the individual is technically back at ground zero, right? So, you know, why do you think that there are so many stories of lottery winners, you know, or professional athletes, entertainers that go broke uh, after just a few years um, of, of getting access to that money, right? Uh, many stories of athletes, once they retire, they go broke because they try to live that same lifestyle when they had the high income and now they don't. Similar to lottery winners, right? Someone who uh, may not be used to having money wins a lot of money and then because they don't know how to manage it, often blow it within a few years. Right. So that's the income detriment. Next one is savings. Um, you know, anyone who wishes to be financially secure must save first. Um, the reason why I say that, and, and I do agree with this is because you have to have funds in order to acquire assets. Right. Um, you know, so listen to the ability to save or paying yourself first is the foundation of making uh, the behavioral decisions for the future, right? For the future. There are times when, when someone may need money for urgent reasons, right? Uh, you know, emergency reasons, things that are unplanned, or may need to take advantage of being ready to invest or invest or maybe even start a business, right? So access to that money. There, according to some sources, wealthy people try to save at least 15%, if not more, of their income. Um, you know, this this 15 this 15% can be distributed into an emergency fund, general savings, investments, a uh, retirement account, etc. Right? But most wealthy individuals are intentionally putting money away. Um, so they can be distributed in those channels, right? So having access to those funds when you need it. The goal is to start with a specific percentage that doesn't significantly disrupt your necessities of your life, your family, um, but also forces you to change your behaviors when it comes to paying yourself first. All right. So for, for most people that, you know, maybe not, don't have an emergency fund, don't have a savings account, uh, enough to really handle any unplanned event. Um, if you're just starting off, you don't have to jump straight into the 15%. Start with 5% of your income. You know, one easy way to do this is if you work for 
you know, nine to five type of, of, of job. Look at your paycheck after uh, the government takes out the taxes and calculate 5%, 10%, 15%. So you get an idea if you want to stagger your savings, what that actually means per paycheck, right? So if it's 5%, let's just say 5% of your biweekly paycheck is $50, right? You want to make sure that when you get paid, before you start paying your bills, you get 5% or $50 put into one of your channels that is dedicated to um, uh, investing, investing, saving, emergency fund, you know, retirement account, pay yourself first. And then as you get comfortable with that percentage, you know, do a, do another check-in three months from now. Are you able to move that 5% to 10% and see if you're still able to live your normal lifestyle without much disruption? All right. Next, um, you know, so the opposite of savings, we have debt. Okay. Uh, so debt is number five on the list. You know, as, as I hinted earlier, you know, debt plays a significant role in understanding who is wealthy and who is not. Uh, a rich person may have a lot of money coming into his or her account and still be knee deep in debt. Um, so that's why it's critical that you have a specific plan to reduce your debt to include specific dates, dollar amounts, um, and what it will take to get you out of debt. You also want to understand the interest rates on your debt, uh, how you can avoid the late fees and other charges that keep the debt around longer, right? Uh, oftentimes, people will charge um, the things that they want thinking that I use, I use the holidays as a perfect example. You know, when you have Black Friday events, people will take advantage of the, the sale prices, but then they'll charge the amount but then we'll take a year, two years to pay that back, right? And if, and if, if you have an average interest rate credit card of, you know, 10, maybe 15%, if not higher, um, that savings isn't really a savings when it takes you two years to pay it off. And, and most people don't look at the interest rate. They just try to figure out, can I make the minimum payments? Regardless, if I have to pay a $1,000 charged balance for six years, as long as I can make the minimum, then most people, that's their, their thought process of, can I afford it? Right. So take that into consideration. Um, you know, if you're trying to get out debt, you, you know, it's hard to become wealthy if you incur the debt, um, especially with high interest rates, you know, your investments aren't really making money if your debt is greater than your profit margins. Number six, um, the possibility of indigence. Um, so with an understanding of working towards wealth, a wealthy person is less likely to fall into poverty because he or she is loaded with savings low on debt or has a steady and profitable investment portfolio. A rich person, on the other hand, may lead an extravagant lifestyle um, and also be high in debt with no investments at all. Right. So you see the differences there when you diversify your income channels. All right. So when you have other income sources other than let's just say your nine to five and understand the value of being able to generate money while you do nothing, it just basically opens up multiple streams of income for you and now allows you to focus your attention 
towards increasing the flow of those funds. Okay. So for example, increasing your 401k contributions, your IRA contributions, investing in dividend stocks, uh, even having a cashback rewards credit card or, or Acorns roundup account, right? Things of, of that nature. Um, it, it's one thing to have those, but take time to understand the math behind each of your channels. Okay. Look at each of them as an employee of your business. They each have a job to do for you. And if they aren't doing it, you must take the appropriate performance management actions to turn their performance around. And, and that becomes your responsibility. Number seven is happiness. Okay. So most people prioritize um, the maintenance of their ha happiness and use that as a catalyst to drive money making and money saving ideas. Rich people often prioritize um, showing intention to impress or attract notice. Okay. Um, again, rich people, not wealthy, they prioritize wanting to impress or attract uh, notice. This cycle, um, you know, is something that I know I w was guilty of most of my early life, mainly, you know, early 20s and even I would say even early 30s. Um, and it's a cycle that our children, family members will also follow if we don't educate ourselves uh, and even take the opportunity to educate our family and friends. You know, our society isn't designed to make us think that way. Um, that's why there's more middle to low class individuals than there are wealthy people. However, it can change with one family generation shifting their financial mindset. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Moving on to the next one. Responsibility. Um, responsible spenders are those who spend with a sense of responsibility, considering most factors that the, sh that, um, the show or uh, that show or immediate gratification. Um, so with, with this kind of attitude, one is unlikely to fall into a huge debt or, uh, spend lavishly without making proper investments. And I can tell you from my own experience, some of my friends who in the last few years um, have improved their financial literacy, have made more money, but may have not been tempted to spend more. And that's a difference between responsible and irresponsible spender. So with so much information out there right now, there's, you know, really very little to no excuses that we, we can say that keeps us from breaking that debt cycle. Many of us have been, um, you know, several generations of that, but now as you educate yourself, it's your responsibility to make changes. All right. Um, next is having all your eggs in one basket. Um, you know, un unwise rich folks may keep all their eggs in one basket. Once that basket is smashed, the source of the riches pretty much dwindles away. Um, right. So wealthy individuals know how to spread their sources of their earnings, right? They know how to diversify. They know to prioritize investments and other business activities that guarantee financial security. Um, so this is one of the main reasons, you, you know, you should consider a portfolio, um, 
of, of diversified investments, having a balanced portfolio, you will see that there's it positions you to be in a situation where um, if there's a economic pullback in the market, in a stock market, um, by having a diversified portfolio, it allows you to sustain um, uh, an equitable balance without being significant, significantly impacted um, and gives you time to recover when the market recovers, which it often does based on historical performance. And then the last is retirement plan, right? So, you know, just to kind of wrap everything up, you know, not having a retirement plan, you know, this is this is something that I remember in my my early 20s, you know, when when I was trying to when someone was trying to give me guidance about putting money away in a Roth IRA or 401k, uh, because I wasn't educated on what that meant, I had no foundation to understand the importance of retirement or having a retirement plan. You know, people who understand that, um, you know, in order to make wealth, you know, it's about getting to a point where you have income when you can no longer work actively. Right. So when a person retires, you know, he or she has no longer or no longer has that steady income. Um, and, and that is likely for most people who just go through most of their life with a, you know, single nine to five job or one source of income. Um, you know, a wealthy person, on the other other hand, will have enough saved for this period. And, you know, when you say retirement age, it could be slightly different for everybody, but a wealthy person will have enough that's saved for this entire period that they could sustain their lifestyle. You know, I know we cannot really uh, time our passing from life. However, with advances in things like medicine and technology, it's more likely that we're going to live longer um, than you know, our great, great grandparents or our great, great grandparents, right? So you could retire at 65, um, and still have another 45 to 50 plus years of healthy life in you, right? So how are you going to sustain that lifestyle? Uh, how will you support the, the lifestyle that you want to enjoy if you're not planning for, um, for that financially today? So take time to understand what kind of livelihood you want to enjoy, do the research or seek out the professional assistance to to help you formulate uh, a plan that's tailored around your lifestyle and current financial situation. Just remember, it won't happen on its own. All right, so that's it for today's topic. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, remember, if you or someone you know is looking for a personal financial coach, uh, please visit my website at behavioralwealthconsulting.com for more information about the services that I offer. Uh, also, if you'd like to hear about a specific topic for future episodes, please email me directly at behavioralwealthconsulting at gmail.com. Thank you and have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Behavioral Wealth Consulting Podcast. For more information on how we can help you design an effective financial strategy through behavioral changes, visit us at behavioralwealthconsulting.com.